When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, it is Thursday. You know what that means. It is time for the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. AEW Dynamite recap show. Myself and SP3 here to break down all the headlines. And I do mean all of them. And there were a lot of them that are coming out of this show last night. We all knew what was going to happen by the end of the night, but that did not make the journey to get there that much you know, worse. It was fantastic what we watched last night. John Moxley is heading to Forbidden Door, but the journey to get there was fantastic. Will Ospreay makes his long-awaited debut uh, in AEW as the build towards Forbidden Door continues. Some solid uh, news on CM Punk. We got a challenge for Okada. We have a new championship coming to AEW. Oh, and by the way, we have a a three-way ladder match for the AEW World Tag Team titles on free television. Tony Khan, you mad son of a bitch. Holy crap. Where do we even start, SP3? I mean, there, there's a lot to dive into here on a Thursday morning. Just how random that was that he just gave, says we're doing the three-way ladder match. Just it, like it was a segment you thought the young bucks were just gonna stake their claim for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, but here comes the Hardys, here comes Christian Cage to Sun Jungle Boy as he usually does. Oh, you lost in your hometown. We're all about getting our wins back, so we're gonna be in the match that me and Matt and Jeff made famous a three way ladder match on a random episode of television well it's a special it next a, week it's road special, yeah. road rager but man like joey janela said it in his recent interview with chris van vliet that tony khan tries to make every week of television a pay-per-view and next week is a goddamn pay-per-view yeah no, no question about it and you Damn sure better believe we're going to be here Thursday morning talking about it. Everything that went down. Will we be talking about new tag team champions? I suspect so. We'll dive into that coming up here in a little bit. Again, we got a whole lot to get into. First things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online, the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. And without them, we would not be here right now. Get all the latest odds, news, developments, including uh, this year's NBA Finals. Uh, you got the NHL finals that are coming up real soon. Major League Baseball's in full swing. You got fighting news, even next season's early NFL futures. It is all there on Bet Online. Go to the website or use your mobile device. You're probably on it right now anyway. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started and get that 50% bonus. That is B L E A V. Bet Online, where the game starts and before we get started just a reminder check out the pin tweet folks you got a few more weeks left to get registered 
to win two tickets to SummerSlam. Retweet my pinned tweet. Make sure you're subscribed to Believe in Pro Wrestling. And that's it. It's over. You're done. The, you, you are registered to go. We're going to pick our winner uh, on uh, uh, Money in the Bank weekend. So by July 2nd, you will know whether or not you got to make some plans uh, to go down to Nashville to check out SummerSlam this year. Uh, by the way, it's not just for new subscribers. If you're already subscribed to Believe in Pro Wrestling, you're good to go. Just got to go retweet my pinned tweet for those who are on the podcast right now at Rick Uccino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O. It is there. Hit retweet. You're done. You're good to go. Again, we'll uh, select our winner uh, money in the bank weekend. If you're new to the program, we appreciate you guys joining. Make sure you pound that subscribe button. Make sure you hammer that thumbs up button. It really drives our audience and helps us out a whole lot. And if you want us to keep making these shows for you guys, Hit that dang thumbs up button, please, please, please. It really, really helps us out. So uh, pretty much from the moment that CM Punk announced that he had to take time away for that lower leg injury, as it was described on Dynamite, um, we kind of knew John Moxley was going to be set up for this, this match at Forbidden Door. The way that Tony Khan structured this tournament, yes, we were going to have the Casino Battle Royale uh, to set up his opponent tonight. Kind of a shocking opponent in Kyle O'Reilly. I was not uh, expecting that. Uh, yesterday on the uh, show that I did with Jeremy Bennett, I predicted Pac, and then Tony Khan uh, squashed that by putting Pac in another tournament uh, that we'll get to uh, coming up here in a few minutes. But at the end of the day, O'Reilly wins what was fun was what was a fun battle royal, and then these two beat the holy hell out of each other uh, in the main event. John Moxley winning with the paradigm shift, so he is moving on uh, for the interim world championship match uh, at Forbidden Door. Again, this was predictable, but predictable doesn't mean bad. And I enjoyed the hell out of this SP3. Oh, this was a hell of a fight. You had, uh, you know, O'Reilly's striking and technical ability versus Moxley just being a pure fighter and just gritty, uh, the best brawler in AEW. And that clash of styles made for a great main event. It was physically intense. It was hard hitting, had an exhilarating finish to the matchup with you didn't you you knew you had in the back of your mind Moxley was going to win, but how they went at it was very unpredictable how it would end and Moxley just choking him out with the bulldog choke into the paradigm shift. It was a great way to finish things off and close out the night and I liked them basically giving Kyle O'Reilly a, a reward because I would say from the Owen Hart um, Foundation men's tournament, Kyle O'Reilly was the MVP. He picked up the big win in the qualifying match against Jungle Boy, which was really good. He had an even better match with Ray Phoenix in the first round, had that tremendous main event with Samoa Joe uh, to for Samoa Joe to advance to the finals and, you know, came out here and they build him up like he talked about in the pre-match interview like he had the win over jungle boy had the win over ray phoenix he beat darby allen at double or nothing he had the big win in the 10-man tag last week so he's been on a roll he's won four of his last five so it, it was it basically made him a credible opponent for john moxley despite everyone assuming that moxley was going to win here so i like what they did here and they gave us a hell of a way to close out the show yeah, and I, I, of course, you know, people are going to to criticize on on social media, and I saw some people. Uh, a lot of the comments I got about, I saw about the battle royal where there were some big names missing. 
And at least we got a reason for a few of the big names that were missing from that, which we'll bring up here coming up soon. Uh, but a lot of big names were missing out of this. A lot of ranked guys were missing out of this. And the second that Andrade showed back up as the Joker, it's all a lot of people wanting him to win the battle Royal. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, why on God's green earth do you want Andrade to win this battle Royal just to lose to John Moxley in the main event? That doesn't make any sense. Anybody can get tossed over a top rope. Anybody. It can be fluky. It could be your tag team partner chucking you out like we saw with Swerve and Keith Lee tonight. But that looked a little bit more malicious than just, you know, hey, I gotcha. That was we didn't typically when you get a tag team partner tossing somebody out, you get the ah, ah, I got you. I got you. No, we had we had Lee look pissed and Swerve had this look on his face like I don't know. That did not scream friendly competition to me uh, on that one. So there might be, uh, you know, some undertones there that we can uh, dive into at a later date. We'll we'll see how things shake out there. But as this continued to go down, I'm looking at the finals. I'm like, there's no way Andrade should win this damn matchup because Andrade. He's lost enough big matches as it was. This was like you said, this was a reward for Kyle O'Reilly. They needed somebody in this match. That would put on a hell of a show for the crowd where a loss doesn't really hurt him. And that's why I, I picked Pac, right? Like, that's why I thought Pac would be perfect for that. Because, again, it, he's a guy that would put on a hell of a match. It'd be hard hitting. The crowd would be into it. You can get a couple of nice falsies. But we all know at the end of the day, they're, whoever was going against John Moxley was going to lose. So I think a loss would have been a lot more detrimental to somebody like Andrade. You bring him back after his honeymoon. Congrats to him. You don't want him taking a big L like that on his, on his first night back. You want some clear direction for him as you, you try to build him back up. It made all the sense in the world to me for Kyle O'Reilly to win that in the end. I thought Wheeler Yuta would have been a fun choice. Put combat Blackpool Combat Club versus Blackpool Combat Club, but O'Reilly was perfectly fine. It, I felt like it was too soon to go back to the Wheeler Yuta John Moxley matchup like they just fought in April. So I think that would uh, be yeah, yeah, too sure. soon to turn around and do that match. This is a, this is a different Wheeler Yuta. Not, He's it, a it, still, bit. it still would be too soon. It would still be too soon in my book. Um, I like the Kyle O'Reilly choice. I do agree with you. Andrade winning the Battle Royal just to lose to John Moxley in the main event would have led to people being like, oh my god, they're burying Andrade again. So yeah, I liked, I liked him, you you know, coming out of this looking strong, his exchanges with Ray Phoenix were the highlight of the entire casino battle royale. And I do also, I took note of, you know, Swerve Strickland, you know, making the elimination on Keith Lee, also being a dick to uh, Darby Allen when he eliminated him. So, yeah, there was instances where it kind of teased a Swerve Strickland heel turn with the way he eliminated and reacted to those eliminations of Keith Lee and Darby Allen. So yeah. I think that Swerve is better, would be better positioned as a as a heel, even though I think he's one of the coolest wrestlers and could be a great babyface in this company. I think he's probably better suited as a heel. So hopefully, you know, with these Conceito Battle Royales, they turn to, uh, you know, set the tone for different stories that they want to tell down the line. So hopefully that is what they're leading to here. But yeah, like I said, Kyle O'Reilly was a good choice. There was some glaring people that were missing. And a lot of them throughout the night 
this they gave you the reason why like Miro he's in the all all Atlantic Championship tournament. Uh, Malachi Black he's also in that tournament. Yep. Penta he's also in that tournament. Pac yep. he's also in that tournament. And the one person that they didn't give an explanation for that I wish they did was Chris Jericho. He is the first ever AEW World Champion. He was not on the show completely. I guess he had the week off, but they needed to explain that. And I didn't feel like they did that throughout the night. Everybody else from Warlow to Hangman Adam Page, I understood why they weren't in the Battle Royal throughout the night because of the stories that they told. But Chris Jericho, I would say, is the biggest person that I think they dropped the ball and not explaining why he wasn't. But I got to give credit to to AEW Creative, and as far as I know, that means Tony Khan. Uh, you know, and anybody else whose ideas were up on that, because Tony is somebody who does pay attention to social media. He sees you when you're tweeting. All right, he knows when you're awake. Uh, he knows when you're criticizing uh, his, his baby. Right, so uh, he knows. He knows how the fans think, and he knew that people were going to notice a lot of big names, ranked opponents, not in that matchup, and he knew that. They needed to explain that WWE more often than not. And I'm, I'm, I hate going to the comparison. They don't explain shit. Like WWE never explains a damn thing. They just do things. They're like the Joker in the dark night. They're just chaos. They just do shit. AEW tries to explain things and you know, they've not, they've not always been great about that, but they get better at it. And the fact that they did give us an explanation for why hangman wasn't in there, why they did give us an explanation uh, for why Wardlow was it. They address the elephants in the room. They don't just ignore them and think that their audience is, is, is dumb and just going to say, Oh, whatever. I loved that. I also loved your point about using these battle Royals to set up other storylines. Because that's exactly how these kind of matches should be booked. It should not just be a bunch of random dudes just chucking guys over the top rope. There needs to be some stories that are being told, some advancements there. And yeah, this might set up a split between Keith Lee and Swerve. And I'm fine with that. Because as much as I like them as a team, they don't need tag teams in AEW. They just don't. Right? Like This is a tag team that I would put the titles on immediately if they were over in the E. But they ain't over in the E no more. They're over here in AEW. Let these two guys stand alone. Let let Keith Lee just be awesome and powerful and let Swerve just be a great schmarmy heel or whatever you know character he's going to decide to take with it. I'm totally fine uh, with all of that. So, yes, John Moxley is moving on. A good night for Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, but, look, John Moxley is going to be the interim AEW world champion at the end of the day. We all know that. Let's just enjoy the ride as we get there. Um We've all been waiting for it, especially big fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They have all been waiting for the arrival of Will Ospreay with the announcement of Forbidden Door, and it did happen last night. He made his AEW debut, uh, did not come alone. FTR, Trent Beretta, attack. This is setting up a big six-man tag match that is going to happen on Rampage. Rampage setting up to be a hell of a show. Unfortunately, it's back at its normal time uh, at uh, 10 o'clock, so we got to wait just a little bit longer for that show. Uh, but he finally made his debut SP three. What'd you think about it? I loved it. I was not expecting this when they started the promo with FTR and Trent Beretta. I thought it would lead to great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb coming out and, you know, setting up maybe a three-way for Forbidden Door. But when the music hit, I knew that was the music of Will Ospreay. It's not the traditional United Empire song. So I was like, oh, okay, they're just using Will Ospreay's song as the United Empire song. And then he came out. I was like, oh, okay. 
okay. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Aaron Hanare and Aussie Open came through the crowd to attack FTR and uh, Trent Beretta. Aussie Open, who has probably been the most underrated tag team for well over five years now. And I've been loving them, you know, getting more of an opportunity over here on the state side for New Japan Pro Wrestling at Windy City Riot and Capital Collision. So I love the fact that they use them here in this role and that they will be on Rampage teaming up with Will Ospreay against FTR and Trent Beretta. That's a great choice by them. Aaron Hanore, he's more or less the job guy for 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 united empire if he was in the tag team match uh on friday i would say that oh united empire is probably going to lose because aaron hanare is in there to take the fall but he he was he was suited to give them the numbers advantage over ftr and tremperetta here so i love the inclusion of the united empire i think this is going to lead to on sunday at dominion great O'Con and jeff cobb regaining the iwgp world tag team titles and i think we're gonna have a title unification match at forbidden door with ftr the united empire and maybe even rapungi vice in a three-way at um at forbidden door and this attack as well as the six-man tag on rampage is just going to build to that but i'm hoping that will osprey also win some gold at dominion he's going to be in a three-way for the iwgp united states heavyweight championship against rock hard juice robinson and sonata and i hope he walks out with the iwgp united states championship because that will give me more faith that we're going to get a singles match for will osprey at forbidden door i would love for him to be against someone like a jungle boy someone like a darby allen one of these young guys that he can really go out there and have an absolute banger against i think that would be the best choice for will osprey at forbidden door but very happy to see him on that mic this is just man this is this is fun like it kind of gives me that like that royal rumble vibe of like anybody could show up you know, and it's and it's all the time. Like this build of Forbidden Door, it's like anybody could show up at any time, and it's only going to get ramped up more. It's like I didn't even realize we were already. I mean, as of today, we're already on freaking June 9th. This 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 pay per view is only seventeen days away. We only have what five shows, five shows, and then Forbidden Door is here. So I mean, this is this is getting ramped up real quick, and I love the feeling that anybody can show up at any time. Uh, it just gives people more of a reason to tune in because you truly don't know what you are going to see on AEW television. So it, it's great. Um, you talk about Osprey's match at uh, Forbidden Door. Darby's a great choice. Uh, Jungle Boy, if he's uh, available, if he's not a tag team champion by then, uh, that would be a great choice. I look at a guy. He won't like, be. Yeah, he he won't be. Tease. That's called a tease. We'll talk about that coming up here in the five count. Um, I look at a guy. Brian Danielson, and I'm hoping he's healthy and he's ready to go. Um, he's supposed to be out for a week or two, but man, that's still cutting it close again with this only 17 days away now. But I mean, I'm looking at Osprey and I'm looking at Danielson. To me, that's the match I want. You can make that for the IW uh, GP United States Championship. Uh, I, that's worth the price of admission in and of itself, let alone the other great matches we'd get on that card. 
Yeah, well, Osprey versus Brian Danielson, that's probably the two best wrestlers in the world, pound for pound. Like, Will Osprey, Will Osprey is a candidate for 2022 Wrestler of the Year. He's had the best match, in my opinion, uh, of the year against Kazuko Okada at Wrestle Kingdom in January. He had a five-star classic with Michael Ku in Revolution Pro. Had a great match with Brian Cage in Warrior Wrestling, as well as Blake Christian, the, I think, like, a few months later in Warrior Wrestling. Wrestling. He's torn it up in New Japan, had classes against John Moxley in Chicago, the great fatal four-way in Washington, D.C. for the IWGP United States Championship. That's why I want him to have some type of singles match. I think that he'd be better suited versing one of the young Lions because Will Ospreay is still a very young man, ladies and gentlemen. Like He is one of the top guys in New Japan pro wrestling, but this dude is only 29 years old. Like He is the if you want to make him an equivalent he is like the hangman page the darby allens of the world for aew that's what will osprey is for new japan pro wrestling so putting him in there with one of the pillars i think would be the best choice if sammy Guevara was still a baby face i would throw him into the hat as well but will osprey is a firmly established heel in new japan pro wrestling as we saw last night on dynamite he's a firmly established heel coming over to all elite wrestling so putting him in there with one of those baby faces that that Chicago crowd can get behind. I originally wanted it to be Osprey versus CM Punk, but now with Punk injured and out the way, I think it would be better suited for him to verse one of the young lions. And Darby Allen would be at the top of my list because Darby had a strong showing in the battle royal, but he's kind of directionless right now. Oh man, yeah. Putting him in there with Will Osprey, I think, would be a great matchup. Kind of a smooth transition there as you bring up CM Punk. Uh, did get some good news on him uh, last night from commentary. CM Punk undergoing successful surgery on his lower leg, so the recovery process uh, is now moving forward. Yesterday, a big day uh, for surgeries. We haven't, uh, as of this recording, gotten an update uh, on Cody Rhodes, but he was scheduled to have uh, his surgery in uh, Alabama to repair his uh, completely torn pec. And by the way, if you haven't been following like his Instagram like of the progression of the bruise of, I mean, like seriously, it looks like something out of contagion uh, or like, if you like put those images on like one of those things where like you did a flip book, it would look like venom was come, was taking over his body. Like it is. I still can't believe that man pulled off what he did. Hopefully it was a very successful surgery uh, for him yesterday. So CM Punk remains the AEW world champion. Obviously, we're going to be crowning an interim world champion, and we all believe that is going to be one John Moxley, however long he's going to be champion uh, until he comes back. Uh, CM Punk, that is. Uh, one person did make it known that they are clearly waiting for CM Punk to come back, and that is why he was not in the Battle Royal last night. So let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. This was the big notable name for a lot of people. You brought up Chris Jericho. Other people are asking where Hangman Adam Page was. A lot of people are asking where was Wardlow? How do you keep Wardlow out of the Casino Battle Royale uh, with a shot at the World Championship? Wardlow cut a promo later on that night that said, Look, man, CM Punk is the World Champion. I don't, don't want no interim title. I will wait until Punk is back, and then I will beat him for that championship. Okay, fair enough. 
Question number one here on the five count. Was Wardlow's reasoning for skipping the Battle Royal a good one? Or did it lessen the interim championship? Because that is what I saw the uh, the Twitter people, the tweets flying around out there saying, oh, basically Wardlow saying the interim title ain't worth shit. Uh, and that was the big complaint on that. So which one are you uh, more to uh, go towards here, SP3? I can sort of understand, you know, them saying that it lessened the interim championship in a way I can you know, understand that type of argument, but this was a baby face reason. Like he, he was about to defeat CM Punk all those months back. If it wasn't for MJF telling him to keep power bombing him. So I think that it, 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 yeah, it kind of says that the interim championship doesn't, he doesn't care about that. He wants to beat the real champion instead of going through, you know, all the hoops, the battle royal, then beating Moxley, then beat, then versing Punk. It showed me that Wardlow smart more than it lessened the interim championship. Like everybody's going through all these hoops and he's just saying, you know what? I'll wait till the unification match is over and I'll challenge the champion then. That just showed me that. Wardlow is a smart babyface more than lessening the interim championship. I had people responding to me being like, "Oh, well, he can verse Punk if he wins the interim championship." Why would you? Why? But why would you do that? If if I'm a smart babyface, I'm gonna say, "No, I'll wait." I'll wait till Punk is back. I'll wait till they do their unification till we have one champion and I'll beat that one champion. This just showed me that Warlow is not a dumb oof that he's been described as by MJF and that he has learned from MJF and that he is thinking smarter and not harder. So I like this and I like the fact that he redirect his focus on the TNT championship. This did more to elevate the TNT title than anything Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky have done over the last three months in their feud. So this does not give me does not give me a whole lot of faith that Scorpio Sky is going to have a long run, though. No, 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 no. (laughs) Nope. It, sh- it shouldn't have because this title needs to get away from him. Unfortunately, I'm sorry if they would have just gone ahead with Scorpio Sky being a babyface after he won in Philadelphia when he won back the TNT Championship. I would be with you in the bandwagon of Scorpio Sky deserves a longer run, but. Since they decided to revert him back to a heel, no, this title needs to get away from Scorpio. It needs to get away from Sammy. It needs to get away from American Top Team. It needs to get the hell away from that. And Warlow winning the championship. I love this promo talking about the few guys that elevated that title. I wish he could have name dropped guys like Brody Lee and Darby Allen and Miro. And, you know, that would have. Well, he couldn't have mentioned him, but he, he, he could have mentioned all the other guys that established the title and how this title has been on a downward spiral since, since Sammy, Sammy won the title. So I think that he did a good job of elevating the TNT championship. So if anybody felt like he was lessening the interim title, at least he did it for to benefit one of the other titles here. Right. And he flat out called it the second world championship. He, he flat out called it that on the show, which Tony Khan has said in, in uh, press junkets and Cody Rhodes had called it that before he said, oh, hell, he told me I don't like the term mid card championship. They treated it as their version of the world heavyweight title, um, you know, so yes, it elevated the TNT championship. And for me, you know, I, I do understand the argument of lessening the interim championship. But here's the thing. 
it's an interim championship. It's already lessened by association. So really, Wardlow is just calling a spade a spade at this point. He's just pointing out the fact that, yeah, okay, you're a placeholder until CM Punk comes back. You're not officially the AEW World Champion until you beat CM Punk. So again, to your point, why would I put myself through all that in the first damn place? I'll just go get the TNT Championship while Punk's out. And then when Punk comes back, guess what? I'll go and become a double champion. That makes all the sense in the world to me. And I also kind of think about it like, when you're a kid and you grow up and you have these dreams, you're playing ball out back and you're pretending like you're about to win the NBA championship. For me, I grew up in the 90s. So, of course, right, I'm going up against the Bulls. You want to beat the best. You dream of beating the best. What's better, beating the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan in the finals or beating the Chicago Bulls in game seven where Jordan had to miss because he sprained his ankle or he broke his foot or something like that, right? Like that. That's kind of how I equate it. It's like, yeah, you won an NBA championship. It's the dream, but there's an asterisk next to it. It's like beating the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl if Tom Brady was out, right? Like it's it's that kind of asterisk on it. It's yeah, you won, but, and that's what this would be for Wardlow. Yeah, he won the AEW championship. But did he really? And I think that's where he's going with this. It's like, look, if I'm winning my first one, I'm winning the damn thing and I'm winning it my way. And I, 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 it would be the same thing for anybody who decided to like John Cena, when he won the money in the bank briefcase and said, look, I ain't, I ain't taking the coward's way out. I ain't going to, I ain't going to sneak out behind somebody. I am going to call my shot. and I'm going to cash this mother in. Didn't work out for him, but that's just how some guys are built. So that's how they've decided to build Wardlow. I don't have any problem with it. I'm going to say it was a good reasoning. And yeah, did it lessen the interim championship? No more than it already is, which is why they're going to put it on a guy who's already won the damn title in the freaking first place. Uh, the other uh, massive um, name uh, that was missing from the battle Royal last night was hangman Adam page again, also Chris Jericho, like you alluded to, but Hangman Adam page uh, did come out and uh, cut a promo. And basically after he beat uh, David Finley, uh, basically said, hey, look, um, looks like I'm not getting a shot at the AEW World Championship anytime soon. I want one. I didn't get one this time around. Good thing there isn't uh, good thing. There's more than one world championship in professional wrestling. And he laid down the challenge for Okada and the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship says he wants him at Forbidden Door. And then Adam Cole, because, of course. The two Adams got to fight over who's the best Adam in AEW again. Uh, he hops on the horn and says, hey, look, Okada might not even be champion by Forbidden Door. And if anybody's going to get a shot at Okada, it should be me. So I will ask you, SP3, to fill in the blank. Okada should face blank at Forbidden Door for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. That is assuming he is still the IWGP Heavyweight Champion come Forbidden Door. Um, You, you said at the end the right word. Okada won't be the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion by Forbidden Door because Switchblade Jay White will be the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion at Forbidden Door. I am a member of the Bullet Club as certified and knighted by Switchblade Jay White. So <laughs> until Dominion is over, I will stay in my belief that Switchblade Jay White is the rightful owner of the top prize in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So if the question is, who should Switchblade Jay 
white face at Forbidden Door for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. That it's makes it easier. It's yeah. Hangman Adam Page. It's Hangman Adam Page versus Swishblade Jay White. This makes all the sense in the world. Hangman Adam Page was cutting promos before do- Double or Nothing, and he specifically said, I've started out as a lonely member of the Bullet Club and worked my way to the top. He worked his way to the top, and CM Punk kicked him off that perch, and now he is trying to scratch his way to the top, and since he can't get the AEW World Championship, you he wants to go after the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And when he gets there, he should see the new leader of the Bullet Club, a man that he has versed before and he lost when he was one of those lonely members of the Bullet Club. And that's Switchblade Jay White. I think that that match would make a whole lot of sense. Plays into Adam Cole being on commentary. Adam Cole kind of calling him out. They can do Okada versus Cole as a singles match at Forbidden Door if they want to go in that if, route. If- He's healthy well. enough to go because yeah. he's banged up right now too. But they're they basically they said that they're not letting him wrestle until Forbidden Door. He's gonna Fair wrestle enough. at Forbidden Door. So if he's gonna wrestle at Forbidden Door, I mean, I would probably put him in a some type of multi man match with the undisputed elite to protect him. And yeah. if he's not, if he's not if he's a little banged up, but either way, if it's Okada, if it's Switchblade. Hangman Adam Page should be the man to go to Forbidden Door. I think that would be the only way to make sense of Hangman Adam Page not being into this whole AEW world title, uh, you know, eliminator series that they right. did with the Battle Royal with versus Moxley with the match at Dominion. Like, yeah, they got to have him in a world title pitcher. Him and Okada would be an absolute banger. They had a hell of a match and was the first match that Hangman Adam Page really showed that he had main event potential back when they versed each other in the G1 Climax 28 tournament in 2018. Uh, Switchblade and Hangman Adam Page, they had a good match over the IWGP United States Championship back in 2018, but they have gotten even even better since then in the past four years with Hangman Adam Page, a former AEW world champion and one of the aces of this company and Switchblade Jay White, the top heel in New Japan for wrestling. I want Switchblade to win, but either or Hangman Adam Page needs to be this guy because either way, this is gonna this might be the match of the whole night at Forbidden Door. See, this is why I would love to be a fly on the wall as far as the negotiations and as far as the booking is concerned for this event, because, you know, it, like if this was just Tony Khan calling the shots, I, I think what you said would, would go down and hands down. No, no question about it. J- putting the title on Jay and then having him defended against Hangman Adam Page makes all the sense in the world. But you're dealing with another company here. If this pay-per-view wasn't coming up. Would New Japan Pro Wrestling make that title change? Is that something that they would do? So are they going to make a title change just for a pay-per-view that is not completely their event? I don't know. That's a very interesting question. And again, I would love to be a fly on the wall for the negotiations and how they're going to handle all the all the booking decisions on this. If it is uh, Okada that is still the champion, as the question asks, I'll just say, go F it. Put them both in there. <laughs> I mean, just do a triple threat match with Okada defending it against Adam Cole and Hangman Adam Page, but then Cody Khan would have to have two of his guys uh, get beat in one match, so I don't know if he would do that. I think this matchup makes all the more sense, like you said, whether it's Jay, whether it's Okada uh, for Hangman Adam Page to to kind of get this shot. And yeah, put Adam Cole in a match where he can 
wrestle for maybe five or 10 minutes and take some breaks, especially uh, if he's banged up. Cause as banged up as a lot of this locker room right now is protect the health of your top guys at, at all costs. Luckily, AEW has a lot of depth and they have so much depth. Apparently that Tony Khan has decided to introduce yet another singles championship. Do you remember back when like AEW first got started and Cody Rhodes was like the head of everything. And he said, no, we're not, we're we're not going to just trot out a bunch of championships. We want these championships to mean something. All of a sudden we got like 19 different championships from four different companies in this damn company. And now they are adding another one. The all Atlantic championship title. Absolutely gorgeous belt. I mean, chef's kiss, gorgeous belt. Um, I'm going to guess this is going to be like their version of the European championship or maybe their version of the intercontinental championship. I always equate the TNT title as like their TV, their television championship. So some kind of form of the European title, UK title, IC title. It's all kind of melded together there. It's gorgeous SP3. But is it entirely necessary to have another men's singles championship, especially when you also have the Ring of Honor belts that are floating around out there? No, I mean, (laughs) I, I literally said this on Twitter after they announced this title. I was like, the title looks beautiful. But I don't understand why. Why is this going on? I was like, what are we doing here? Like, do we just did we just need a reason why Malachi Black and Miro and Pac and Penta weren't in the Battle Royal? So we had to put all these guys from different countries in this. I mean, I think the match has the potential to be an absolute banger four-way because oh, oh, you got oh, yeah. you you pack and buddy matthews had an awesome matchup on this show and exactly what i expected from those two the guys going at it so you got pack in there i think miro's gonna defeat ethan page next week uh to advance so you got miro in there i think malachi black is gonna defeat penta and then new japan pro wrestling i'm just asking them Please make it Shingle Takagi. Make it Shingle Takagi in this thing. If Shingle Takagi is in this four-way, this might steal the show at Forbidden Door. I will probably say every time they make a new match for Forbidden Door, that's the match that's going to steal the show at Forbidden Door. That's how. That is what I wanted from this uh, this whole entire show. But no, it's not entirely necessary. But it proves once again how much Tony Khan loves the Attitude Era. He the uh, the TNT Championship is the Intercontinental Championship. What the Intercontinental Championship was in like the eighties in that it was the workhorse title and it was a second world championship in a lot of ways they were able to main event shows with the intercontinental title and that's what they do with the tnt championship and this is basically their european title they had a whole bunch of people from different countries in this thing so yeah this is tony khan living out his best attitude era dreams with this i mean the no, only way that to the, answer the question, no, it's not entirely necessary. The only, the only way that this is like, and I wouldn't even say it's necessary because we're get, we know we're getting the trios titles at some point too. So that means when you look at just the AEW championships, you got the world heavyweight title, you got the women's championship, you got the TNT and the TBS titles, you're going to have the tag team titles, you're going to have the trios titles, and now you're going to have 
this all Atlantic championship. And then there's also been talk about adding women's tag team titles as well down the line. So now you're approaching in just AEW within the next few months, we can have eight championships. That's WWE level of unnecessariness. Whatever the hell word I just made up. It's unnecessary is what I'm trying to say to answer the question completely. And then you add on top of that, that you got the Ring of Honor Peer Championship, the Ring of Honor Television Championship, the Ring of Honor World title, the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Uh, you got the AAA tag team titles that are floating around out there as well. It's like, guys, whoa, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes, because at least WWE has a brand split that they have split these championships up on across three brands. This is all on one platform of, of, of performances here. You know, the, if there is no brand split in AEW. I guess the argument could be made. Maybe they need one, but there, there's a there's a lot of titles, not a lot of TV time. The only way this makes any sense to me is if Tony Khan is playing the long game here and he's not expecting those Ring of Honor titles to be on AEW championship this time next year. They're going to get their own TV deal. They're going to be running their own show. So, yeah, they might swing in and out occasionally. But still, we're getting upwards of eight championships that are going to be spread across three hours of national television every week. That's a bit much for me. I don't think it's completely, completely necessary. But to play devil's advocate, the depth is there. The depth is absolutely there. I mean, if you're going to have CM Punk and 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 Wardlow and presumably MJF, because uh, who the hell knows what's going on there for real, you're going to have all these guys in that main title picture. Yeah, we talked about Wardlow or uh, Nero last week after he came back, and we're like, where does he fit? He might fit as the next AAC champion. So I'll go ahead and I'll ask that. You laid out your three guys who you believe are going to qualify from AEW. Those are my three. I I tweeted out the, the Bart Simpson drooling gif uh, today when I thought about those three guys being in the same match. So who walks away from Forbidden Door in that fatal four-way match? I got Pac. I got Malachi. I got uh, Miro and pick a guy again i'm not the the new japan pro wrestling guy so i couldn't even make a guess there who's walking out as the first ever all atlantic champion from forbidden door it needs to be malachi black it needs to be if this was the trio championships i would probably say house of black or the elite need to win those but since this is coming first the all atlantic championship this needs to be malachi black it needs to either be malachi black or miro i think this would be a strong return for miro to come back and win the championship and you can always you know have the reason why he wins the championship due to pack and malachi black's ongoing feud with each other and that distracted them from the goal of the match was to was to win the championship and you know whoever they get from new japan pro wrestling yeah um, once again fingers crossed shingo takagi if you've never seen shingo takagi before you will thank me after forbidden door when you see him or minoru suzuki throw minoru in there since everybody knows him from AEW anyway but uh yeah um Miro or Malachi Black, but I lean towards Malachi Black because I feel like he needs it. He needs it more than everyone. Miro had his run with the TNT Championship, and AEW doesn't, you know, automatically give you another title run that soon after. He just lost it last September. So, you know, to, for him to return and then win that. Maybe that's a little much, and I would love for Miro to eventually get into the AEW world exactly. after his TNT title run. So I'm going with Malachi Black. I think it has to be Malachi Black. 
absolutely has to be Malachi Black. And I think Pac, love the guy. He's in this match to take the fall because this is a match that New Japan can lose without having their guy take the L here. So they're going to protect Miro in this match once he qualifies for it, which I think is a slam dunk that he will. Sorry, Ethan Page is just what's going to happen. Miro is going to dominate you next week and he's, he's going to win and he's going to get in there. I think, I think it's going to come down to obviously one of the three AEW guys. I don't see Pac taking it. I would be stunned if Pac did win this, uh, but they're going to protect Miro by having Malachi Black once again beat a member of the Death Triangle. That has been the the, the mo for these two teams as they continue to feud, as they continue to feud, except for tonight, obviously, or last night with Pac beating Buddy Murphy. So they got one up there. I think Malachi gets that win back, and I think it has to be him because. This is a guy who has who has come in and really hasn't done a whole lot yet. They have presented him like a star. They have not booked him like a star yet. And I think this would be a great launching point for him. And honestly, this this gives him something to fight for. It gives him something to do because he is so far back on the depth chart at this point for both the TNT and AEW World Championships that it, it would take forever at this point to get maybe a couple of years for him to get there. So a nice long run with this AAC title, having that be the house of black championship. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Miro aim higher. I think he needs to be, if he's not fighting for the TNT title needs to be fighting for the AEW world championship. I would love it if they would have put Andrade in this match. I think this would have been a great spot for him. Cause he's another one of those guys who's right there with, um, uh, with Malachi who just has, they've alluded giving him that big win should have won the TNT championship. I mean, I think if Tony Khan had a redo, he'd put the TNT title on, on Andrade a, a long ass time ago and just called it a day. Me, this has to be, has to be, has to be Malachi black. No question about it. Uh, so, uh, Christian, uh, last night wrote a check and it's time for jungle boy and Luchasaurus to cash it. Um, man, you could see the look on jungle boy's face. Christian laid down the challenge. He said, Hardy's Young Bucks, Jurassic Express, AEW World title on the line in a ladder match. And Jungle Boy went, wait, what? What, what are we doing? We're going to do what now? Are you high? Like that, that was the exact expression on his face, which to me said, oh, their goose is cooked. They're totally losing uh, this, this match. And these were the two teams that we had talked about a couple weeks back when Jurassic Express to my surprise, retain the titles at double or nothing. Obviously, they had other plans for for Swerve and Your Glory or whatever the heck that team was called. Obviously, they got other plans there. Not ready to strap the rocket to Team Taz. Okay, you had other plans in mind. This is your plan. Because now, this is what you had talked about. Eventually, the Hardys and the Young Bucks, this rivalry would find its way to involve the AEW Tag Team Championships. We presumed that it would have been after one of these teams won those titles. Nope. They're all one big melting pot next week. Ladder match. This is going to start the split between Jungle Boy and Christian for sure at this point. That's got to be where they're going with this. But I'll ask, who's winning the ladder match next week? Is it the Young Bucks or is it the Hardys? Because neither one of us has the balls to choose Jurassic Express. <laughs> You know, I said after they proved me wrong at Revolution, I would never pick against Jurassic Express in any type of three-way. This is the exception to the rule. <laughs> the is involved. 
the Hardys and the Young Bucks over the last two decades. There have been no greater tag teams when it involves ladders than the Hardys and the Young Bucks. They had a classic in 2017 during WrestleMania 33 weekend at Supercard of Honor, sold out the place in Lakeland, Florida. I was there live for that classic that they had together, the Broken Hardys versus the Young Bucks, sold the show with the Young Bucks winning. And I think the Young Bucks do it again. The Young Bucks are going to win their second AEW World Tag Team titles at Road Ranger. And they will become the two-time, the first ever two-time AEW World Tag Team Champions. I got my belief in the Young Bucks. They're hotter than ever. They had picked up the big win in LA last week in the 10-man tag, pinning Jungle Boy. They had an absolute TV match of the year candidate with the Lucha Bros on Rampage. And I think they're going to have another TV match of the year next week in this three-way ladder match. And honestly, I don't know why they want to kill Jeff Hardy. I don't know why they want to kill Jeff Hardy. This man. Why does Jeff Hardy want to kill Jeff Hardy? That's that. But but I'm sorry, Tony. You got to think about this man's health. This man was uh, almost knocked out silly during Double or Nothing, and his first match back is going to be a three way ladder match. You could tell Jeff whatever you want. You'd be like, you know, Jeff, don't, don't, don't. You don't have to do the big spots. You know, Jungle Boy's there. You know, Nick Jackson's there. You don't have to do any. Let Matt go through the ladder. All right. Let Matt, let Matt go through the damn ladder, please. Jeff Hardy, even if Matt is supposed to go through the ladder, Jeff Hardy's going to jump on the ladder so Matt go through him <laughs> and the ladder. That's what Jeff Hardy does. Like, I don't understand the logic in putting Jeff Hardy in this after he almost got knocked silly at double or nothing. But here we are. I guess the young, I guess you know the why? Hardys, Hardys want to go out, go out in flames. You, you said it earlier. Tony Khan loves the attitude era. He wants the Hardys to win the AEW World Tag Team Championships in a ladder match. That's why. That's why he booked this match. Because SP3, if you listen to the internet, Tony Khan always puts over the ex-WWE guys. So that is clearly what is going here. He's going to flip the bird to his homegrown talent in the Young Bucks and put the belts on the ex-WWE guys. Because that's what Twitter says is what Tony Khan, that's what drives him. That's his key motivation. That's not my actual reasoning for it, but I do think Tony Khan thinks it would be pretty fucking cool to put the, t- the tag team titles on the Hardys in a ladder match. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do. I was making fun of those people because that argument is stupid as hell. Can we stop with that bullshit? Like Tony Khan, this, okay, side rant here real quick. Is Tony Khan just supposed to ignore all world talent because they came from another company? Hell no. Who gives a sh- if you can use them, if they're a star? Could you imagine some other profession where they said, nah, we don't want that guy? Like, if, if, if Derek Jeter became available in his prime, the Red Sox would say, nah, we don't want him because he played for the Yankees. Screw that. This, this, this would basically be like the Golden State Warriors turning down the option to sign Kevin Durant in 2016. And it led to two more championships. Like Dan that Gilbert. would be the same thing. Dan Gilbert went scorched earth when LeBron James left for Miami and said, F that guy. 
We're so sorry he did this to the city. We're going to win a championship before he ever does. LeBron goes and wins two titles in Miami. And then Dan Gilbert welcomes LeBron James back with open arms. And he wins him a championship in Cleveland as well. You don't ignore that kind of talent. All right. And it's not like Tony Khan has hired everybody from WWE. And they do push a lot of their homegrown talent. By the way, when they do push the homegrown talent, y'all bitch about that too. I've seen your Dr. Britt Baker tweets, okay? Anywho. I've seen the Jay Cargill tweets as well. Yes. So come on. Come on with your stupid asses. Jesus. There's a word there I was trying to think of. I couldn't think about it. Contradicting asses. That's the word I was. We do this show late at night on Wednesdays, and my brain just don't think of words. All right. You've noticed it in several spots here. But to answer the question, I, yeah, I don't think it's, yes, everything you said was accurate. Young Bucks have been on an absolute roll. I think Tony Khan just wants the Hardys to win the tag team titles in a ladder match. I think it just boils down to that. I think he thinks that would be cool as hell. And that's how he's going to book it because Tony Khan is a wrestling fan, first and foremost, before he is a promoter. And he brought the Hardys in to win the tag team championships. Case in point, done, finished, finito. That's how I think this is going to go down next week. I do think the Young Bucks will be the first ever two-time champs, but it'll be after they beat the Hardy Boys for those tag team titles, maybe at All Out in Chicago. I think that's how they'll they'll figure that out. All right, guys, we appreciate everybody who's tuned in to all 52 minutes of this half-hour podcast. Uh, We appreciate you guys. If you've liked the show, give us the old thumbs up. Again, hammer that subscribe button. Check out my pinned tweet. Retweet that, subscribe. You're in the running to win uh, SummerSlam tickets in Nashville. So if anywhere in the Midwest, man, it's basically a five-hour drive from anywhere you're at. That's not that big of a deal. Well, maybe it is with the gas price. Maybe we should put like a gas card together with this anyway. Man, I'll contact Shell, see if we can figure something out. Anywho, for right now, it's just tickets. Travel's on you. Check it out. We appreciate you guys. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Available here on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Bet Online. Go out and enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.